You're listening to Write Right from the Texas A&M University Writing Center. You know how there's always that one person that pops up in your Facebook comments or Twitter notifications that points out the comma you forgot or that you used the wrong form of two? Yeah, we're talking about that person. Yeah, sometimes those people are jerks. It's true. That's Nancy Vasquez. She used to be an editor for several national publications, so she's seen language used in a lot of different ways and contexts. Now, Nancy is an administrator here at the Writing Center, and part of her job is to help run our social media. I did realize that anytime we posted something on the Writing Center social media account, if there was anything that people saw as questionable in terms of grammar, they would tend to sort of hit back pretty hard at that. And it gave me the idea that there was sort of a get off my lawn approach to grammar, which is this idea that sometimes there are people who just feel this need to own language in a way and they they feel themselves um, as, as standard bearers. But really what I want to know is how correct these people are. Like, sure, they're usually correct, but it seems pedantic and mean to point this stuff out. We learn grammar in grade school, and most people know it pretty well. And okay, this episode isn't just about forgiving mistakes. Sometimes it can be pretty dang correct to be wrong. And as we'll find out, it all has to do with context. I think one of the things you have to consider is what is grammar? And if you look at grammar, a lot of books will define it as a set of rules governing the use of language. To which I would like to say, who is making these rules? You know, we have no group in the English language, at least, that's, you know, charged with making decisions about what is and isn't acceptable. Even, you know, the few people who are involved in those discussions, maybe people writing grammar handbooks, are looking at the ways we are using language. They're not getting from some authority, you know, a definite sense of, yes, this is what we must do. It's simply a matter of what we have always done. A language like French, for example, has a governing body, the French Academy, a bunch of people who assert what is and isn't correct to do. But in English, we don't have that. And besides, even if we did, we wouldn't follow it. It's all too common in France to hear violations of the French Academy. We speak and write how it's culturally and historically relevant to do so. Language doesn't get worse or better in any way over time. It just changes. But you'll find a lot of people asserting that language is getting worse and that we're all getting dumber and ain't know how to do words good. And there have even been studies that looked at the rate of errors and the kinds of errors students make, particularly in um, like first year writing composition courses at universities. And they really haven't found any great increase in the rate of errors in those papers. What they see is what we consider to be an error changes over time. language always evolves to suit the circumstances that it's in. So for example, right now, one of the things that's happened is the word because is being used as a, as a preposition. People are saying, oh, why did you do that? Well, because reasons. So why are people saying because reasons or because money or because sleep or something like that, which is a construction we didn't used to see before. And part of the reason they're doing that is because of things like Twitter, where there's a limit on how many words, how many characters you can use. And so people need to write in a way that's brief. Certainly there are some topics you can't explore very well in a tweet. But I also think that um, there are some things that are improved by brevity. As the platitude goes, it's all relative, it here being language. 
It's relevant to your culture, to the medium, to the content. I talked with Mignon Fogarty, author of Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. You'll probably know me as Grammar Girl. She hosts a podcast called, you guessed it, Grammar Girl, where she talks about grammar, how we use it, how it's styled, and much more. And when you look back, it's really interesting because the um, the Telegraph had some of the problems that people complain about now with Twitter because it was also a space-constrained medium. And so the spelling of all right, A-L-R-I-G-H-T, people were promoting that spelling, which is still considered wrong, you know, in the most formal settings, at least, people were promoting that spelling back in the days of the telegraph because it saved characters, just like you would argue now that certain things save characters on Twitter. And technology, not just modern tech either, changes language and usage. The steam engine, the printing press, paper, the Xerox machine, all of that had at least some marginal effect on the way we communicate. But it's not just material conditions that affect that. It's the context, as well as the culture. Here's Mignon again. I remember hearing linguist John McWhorter talk, I believe, and saying, you know, if he walked into a bar or something and said, if he used whom, you know, something like, to whom do I owe the privilege of being here or something? He's like, I'd get my butt kicked, (laughs) right? Like there are certain ways of talking that are accepted by communities and you, it's sort of part of our culture and our socialization that we're, most people will modify their behavior, whether that's dress or language um, to, to fit in with whatever social group they're hanging out with at the time. This is a point I can't drive home hard enough. Different cultures speak and communicate differently. Certainly, there's a lot of room to be misunderstood and come off as unprofessional or maybe even too professional in different settings. But part of that is on the listener or reader as well. While as communicators, we should be aware of how our message will be received, we should also be aware of how we receive messages ourselves. It's important to think about how our own prejudices can get in the way of hearing someone's message. I I have this sense that the language of people you don't like seems more wrong to you than the language of people you do like. It just seems like there's a lot of underlying racism in complaints about language and and things that are viewed as errors and mistakes. People will complain when um, African-Americans say ax instead of ask, but ax is actually the older form of the word. <laughs> like, like if you want to go back to what's proper, like that, and people often like go way, way back. They always think that language was better in the old days, which also isn't true because no matter how, when you look, people were complaining about kids today and how they talk. But, you know, there, if you were trying to find some like, logical or critical reason that acts is wrong, you, it's, you really can't find it. It's just, it's just a different, it's a dialect. It's, it's the way it's often said in African-American English. So, you know, that, that's an example where people, it seems to bother people more than it should. Like Mignon said, that's just one example. There are so many more ways that we can end up thinking that someone is wrong, even when they aren't. There aren't only different dialects, but ways that people speak within those dialects. There are different regionalisms that may just seem strange. There are even a lot of differences across gender. It's way too much to get into here, and we'll definitely get into it on episodes of Right Right in the future. Actually, Mignon has a great episode of Grammar Girl on regionalisms called Needs Washed, and we'll link to that in the notes for this episode. But like we've said, context is important. For instance, the script for this podcast is not at all similar to how I'd write an essay for class. When I sit down to write this, I'm thinking about how my audience, you, will be listening, who you are, what it's appropriate to say, and what tone will be best received. And that brings us right back around to what Nancy was saying. 
different standards, mediums, and communication techniques exist for different purposes. It's not a mistake that we say, OMG, my BFF is totes cool when texting. It's appropriate for the context that we're in. Just don't say that while you're in a job interview. But maybe if that job interview is for a texting interpreter, that's totally fine. And to flip that around, when you see someone using language in a certain way, think, is this appropriate for the medium and the content? And do I still understand what is being communicated? And even if those answers are no, is it really worth being a total jerk over it? In my mind, manners trump grammar. This has been an episode of Write Right, a production of the Texas A&M University Writing Center, a service of the Department of Undergraduate Studies. My name is Davis Land, and I wrote and produced this episode. I had editorial help from Nancy Vasquez and Nick Synergy. If you're a Texas A&M student, we offer online and in-person consultations about your papers, presentations, and anything else that involves communicating clearly. You can find us online at writingcenter.tamu.edu and on Twitter as at TAMUWC. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and probably five other things they haven't told me about. Just go looking. You'll find us there. 